Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Welcome everyone. We are the Geek Patrol and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today we're joining you from the parking lot of the Agri-Center where we were unceremoniously kicked out from the home show of the Mid-South after Brandon Olmsted threw five gallons of Alka-Seltzer into a hot tub display. Well, you're look, a man of science look. and it worked. I wanted to know what would happen, <laughs> and it made super bubbles. It's effervescent. Hey, it's the busiest place in the in the. Uh, I mean, it drew a whole crowd. I mean, they've got to be happy that I did it before the big crowd came in. It was just a bunch of vendors and us. Well, you know. I mean, if I, I had done it when the crowds were here, that could have been a panic. Well, if you okay. weren't going to do it, somebody was. So. I well, mean. Jay Hill gave me a bunch of money to do it. So. That, well, that'll do it. So uh, <laughs> we'll suffer through. I I'll, I can buy a roof. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max back at the studio, and that's because we are broadcasting live from the uh, home show of the Mid-South. It's the third day. It's been a pretty cool weekend. It's always fun being over here. Um, it's, uh, you, be, you know, if, you're, if you want to do home improvements and if you want to also learn about the latest technology, there's a little science here that we're seeing, Alan. Um, it's a great place cool to stuff. do it. Cool stuff. And we would love for you to come by and get some swag. I will say, if I'm being honest, that the Tool Talk radio swag outweighs the Geek Tank swag. Well, We're, it's, it's we burn through that stuff fast when we go to conventions. So. Right, right. And so, we need to restock. But I will say that I have to give Alan all sorts of props because he apparently bought stock in a magnet company. Yeah. We got all the magnets now. Yeah. Come cover your refrigerator with our stuff. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're ready to hold your post-it notes. Um. Well, hey, among other things, we are, and, and we're, I promise we're not being biased, we're, you know, because it's made by a guy that's a friend of ours. We are all really excited about this Late Night with the Devil coming out. A new promotion came out, and you said there's a release date, right? Yeah, the now, release so. date now is March 22nd. Okay. Uh, which those of you here in Memphis will know that that's the perfect day for that because it also kicks off a great weekend mm -hmm. with some guests we'll have in the studio next week. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it, and then if you don't, if you're not a big fan of going to the theater, which I know a lot of us have discussed how horrible mm -hmm. it is for your theater experience these days, it will also be on Shudder on April 19th. Okay. Nice. This seems like one of these movies, though, where you, uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, you should go watch it, folks. It looks cool. It looks yeah. like they really captured the feel of late night television in uh, the 1970s where it was live, right? There wasn't even a delay. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no. And, and ask Johnny Carson about how that went sometime yeah. with some of his guests. And so, but the premise is super interesting, and it looks like it was made just, then, and it just, I really hope it, it's successful. I'm just I mean, never going to get over the fascination that I have with the fascination you're showing for a horror movie. Uh, but see, okay, it's, it's not so much the horror, because I, it just seems like an interesting premise, and it right. looks like, it. okay, it's different. At this point in in cinema history i just want something unique and different right, right. you know and it's we, a, a little more old school this looks like it's a kind of a going back like we're not going to do the big cgi stuff well i mean we've discussed know. off air and we'll discuss it a little more later in the show it might be the end of the 200 million dollar blockbusters because those don't seem to be profiting for anybody anymore <coughs> madam webb okay <laughs> <laughs> did it cost 200 million dollars to make that because that's what, another thing we were gonna i don't know exactly on. what the ba budget on madam webb was okay but between Madame argyle webb, was 200 million argyle uh the la latest indiana jones movie the, the you know the marvels you know nobody's nobody's hitting the mark mm. 
And I think the last big movie we had was what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Right. Yeah. And that I mean, wasn't two hundred million though. No, 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 it was much bigger. Yeah, I was um, going. That one was yeah. plus their their advertising budget. Yeah, right. that was that was a hail and mary. I, yeah. I, I think that. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to cast any like you know predictions or of Doom on the future, but Doom Two may be the last huge blockbuster we see make any kind of money. It seems poised to to, to be a big. And success, I will almost guarantee so, yeah. you, ninety percent of the people going to see Doom Two now aren't going for the movie. They're going for that really uh, controversial popcorn bucket. Um, which if you yeah. haven't seen it, oh, yeah. I've seen the. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. that, you know, and, I kind of want one. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like it'd be hard to. You can't run it through the dishwasher. Yeah. It looks like no, you can't clean. run it through the dishwasher. It's but. definitely for display only. Hey, later in the show too. You know, we are. Uh, you know, we uh, we like to. We we promised that this year we're going to lean a little bit heavier into music, and this sort of overlaps. We we just sort of posed a question of, okay, if you're a famous musician, it is very easy to transition into becoming an actor and be taken serious and maybe thrive. People like David Bowie have done it. But you don't. It doesn't work in reverse. If you're a really successful actor and you want to become a musician, you might be. You might have all the talent yeah. in the world, but it really just somehow it doesn't work. And your your, your band so. may play really yeah. well in a yeah. small club somewhere in California, but other right. than that, you know, not a whole lot of yeah. crossover on the other direction. Yeah, but we'll so, discuss. Yeah. But uh, uh, I do want to circle back to late night with the devil. So this, I don't know, Brandon. I really are. Uh, Dave Dasmalchin looks like well, he's having a lot of fun with this. He well, really well. First, you know, the first thing we have to talk about is the fact that you know, knowing David and, and getting a chance to hang out with him and actually have you know real human conversations. Yeah. Most of the time, you don't get a chance with during those uh, during conventions, but you find out about how much he's into, and he's into like all the you know that low budget you know horror vibe type you know the suspense thing. So to see this coming from him, you know he's having a good time while he's making it. Right. And. Uh, I just I want to see it be successful. Yeah, no, and but he's given us something different. Like I mean, I, I if I'm being fair, I don't universally love every movie he's in. Or you know, sometimes I have problems with like like The Dark Knight. It uh, wasn't my favorite Batman movie, but but this I fell asleep is during Voyage of the Demeter. Right. So this mm. one though is something that it just seems like it's in his wheelhouse, and the whole team seems like they're on the same page. Oh, yeah. it, it just looks cool. And that's the kind of stuff I hope we start getting. I'm really tired of uh, franchises. I'm tired of, like you said, the $200 million dollar. The $200 million now they're calling them, cookie you know. cutter, right. I have to stick to the algorithm. And the public's tired of the algorithm. Oh, yeah. Burn well, down welcome the to AI, algorithm. baby. So, yeah. We can't think of anything new. All we can do is rip off what's been done. You talking about AI uh, will come into a discussion with the Madam Web yes, conversation it will. later. Yeah, because that's <laughs> it's. If you want cringeworthy and painful, just watch some of the some of the press, you know, well, conversations with that. I mean, Dakota Johnson looks like she just wants to go home. So, anyway, don't you go home. Uh, <laughs> get over here and come see us over at the home show of the Mid South at the Agri Center. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on ninety-eight one The Max. Someone should throw their microphones into the fires of Mount Doom. The Geek Patrol is back. I'd do it. I mean, well, <laughs> no, no, you, almost, you, you don't drop the mic. Those things are expensive. We almost got our microphones throwing, thrown into the hot tub, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, if it, means, mad. if it means you get to fly home on one of those giant eagles, it's worth the trip, man. So No, no, you don't fly home on it. You fly home in it. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll tr we'll Wait, discuss it what? off the air. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max back at the studio. And that's because if you can hear that ambiance, that rumble, uh, we're here broadcasting from the uh, home show of the Mid-South. It's day three, and it's been a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, Brand uh, Alan is burning through a lot of the swag that he's mm, been giving out. Yes, we are. Dark Oak uh, Media and everything. We've got a few, very few Geek Tank uh, uh, swag left. But you know, I that's think we're what down happens. to our last night now. Down to our yeah. But anyway, it's still fun. Come by and say hello and check everything out. Well, Brandon, uh, on Valentine's Day, a oh man, a highly anticipated uh, uh, Marvel movie came out, probably destined to reset the uh, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. The uh, massively <laughs> successful Madam Web, right? Oh yeah, starring yeah. Dakota Johnson. So and, you know, let me let me just preface <laughs> this with. I will almost guarantee you everybody involved in this movie was like, hey, you want to you wanna read for this Marvel project? And they're like, oh, I'd love to be a part of the MCU. They go, they sign in the contract, they go, why does this say Sony? Right, mm -hmm. right. Strike one. So, yeah, you know. that was strike one. Uh, strike two, Dakota Johnson has already said that the script that they shot with had drastic changes compared to the script that she read when she was signing up for it. Really? Right. Um, uh, rumor is, is they pulled out every reference you could possibly have to Spider-Man. Is that a legal thing? I mean, no. Because I wonder. No, okay, no, it's Madam more Web. Along the lines of uh, Sony wants their Spider-Man universe to be able to stand without a Spider-Man. Right. And the, you know that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And while there's been Venom is, I'm sorry, people. I know that it made money. Venom is not a good movie. Venom now, you two, said you liked like, Venom. I do. That does not mean it's a good movie. Oh. <laughs> that, that, that's very true. It's entertaining in a lot of things. However. Joe, let me say two things. Mega Shark. Yeah, mm. good point. Um, and, and, and Rubber. Fun movie, Fun but movies, terrible. Fun but terribly made. Okay, that's and a good point. Madam Web could only have been made worse if... You know, in the middle of it, someone came out and said, oh, yeah, AI wrote all of this right in the middle of it. Because there's no human emotion in this thing at all. Brandon, I, I seem to remember a week or two, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about straying from the source material. Well, right. well the, one of the writers, I was watching an interview, this writer guy who looks like he's about 25 years old goes, well, Madam Web has no backstory in the comics, so we can, it's a blank slate, we can do whatever we want. And you find out, That's no, not she true. has a... Pretty, pretty established backstory. Oh, yeah. She's an old lady. She's uh, blind. Yep. She's got uh, precognition. She's, She's got all this. And mm -hmm. they made Dakota Fanning, which, I mean, Dakota, Dakota Johnson, Johnson, which is, uh, what, <laughs> I, 30 well, years old? or I mean, well, they changed everything. They started yeah. off, first of all, the movie takes place in 2003. Right. Uh, she is a paramedic. She hates people. Oh, great. And Good career yeah, choice. Yeah, because that's so, a great yeah. career choice for someone who hates people. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think the only person who shows any kind of real uh, personality in this movie is Sidney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter, who is one of the Spider Women. Right. And uh, who you see in costume for less than a minute. Oh the yeah, whole movie. the only yeah. time you see him in costume is when Ezekiel is having a night terror, basically, of right. when these three come to murder him. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Why are they murdering him? I mean, it's. It, it, aren't they supposed to be heroes? I don't. I don't get it. By the way, we're doing spoilers, but I don't think anybody. Yeah, cares. I don't think <laughs> I, anybody who wanted to see the movie saw the movie. Yeah, and, and went. If you were one man. of the thirty people that and, saw the and movie, and walked out then, about yeah. fifteen minutes into it, they say that Adam Scott does really good as Uncle Ben. 
Oh yeah, he's a younger. Oh, Uncle I'm ben. so tired of he's, Uncle Ben. Well, you, well, I know. Get over it. I know. Uncle Ben is the most important person in Marvel comic history, and it's true. It just is. It true. is. It is. But I'm just. I'm but just, Adam Scott does really well. But the, they he's don't cool even cool anyway, though. They don't even let him refer to the girl he's dating as mate. You know, we we don't know. It's probably we, some legal reason he yeah. can't mention. No, the no. Name. The reason was is that Sony wants these things to stand on their own, so they're pulling every Spider-Man reference out of them because they don't have their own Spider-Man. Their Spider-Man movies have to share in the MCU continuity. I don't get why this movie was made. I mean, really, it, nobody involved looks like they want to even be because there. Because Sony wants all your money. Okay. And they can't get it from the PlayStation because it costs too much to make. But we're, we got the... Craven the Hunter. That looks fun. That looks like a bad and, movie that's going to be fun. And right fun, now, but. I'm pretty much guaranteeing that Craven is going to be on the same level as Madam Web. Uh, and I don't know. Anything else they plan to do it, Venom 3 is going to be just as bad. Because yeah. they're getting. I, I, I honestly think that, you know, when, it came, when they came back from the strike, Sony was like, we can do this without writers. I so, yeah, I guess, you know, and Brandon, we should say. People that wonder why we're harsh on Sony, although these days I'm universally harsh if it's Disney or yeah. Sony or whatever, but Sony has a bad track yeah. record. They made the first Spider-Man movie, which is really good. They made uh, some know, good ones, but the, they made some stinkers. The too, first two so. Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans are awesome. The first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is awesome. The second one's not as good, but that's because they they really went bad with their villains. Yeah. And, you know, and but the Tom Holland movies, which have been made in conjunction with Marvel, have been enjoyable. That being said, Sony also gave us uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which t- became more of a movement than it was a movie. They were too busy wanting to, pu- you know, Paul Feig wanted to push an agenda too much. That mm-hmm. We lost the movie, even though we had talented actresses in it. Um, I don't even want to talk about what they did with Chris Hemsworth. Right. Um, oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, no. We're not going to talk about Kevin. <laughs> no. no. Well, <laughs> but Sony's Sony's been very hit or miss. Yes, Venom is fun, and I will watch Venom over and over again. I'm not going to defend it as a good movie, though. No, you know, you'll watch it, and it's fun. You know, yeah. there are moments. Well, that, you all right. know. there is a huge delineation between popcorn movie, enjoyable movie, blockbuster movie. Uh, you know, there are huge huge lines there. You can have a very successful movie that's not very good. Look, if I'm going to look at the Fox X-Men movies and say they're a masterpiece compared to the Sony right. Spider-Verse, you know they're bad. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm uh, not, not going to argue with yeah. you. Yeah, but it may usher in, this failure may actually usher in a better era of superhero movies, and we'll probably uh, touch on that when we come back here on Geek Tank Radio. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Max, the producer, just pushed the red button. The Geek Patrol is back. Yeah, did you forget we're not there, Max? That, that red button can do us no harm. We're on location. I have a portable I, I red button. That didn't oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> like, well, all right. Well, we'll see what happens then, you guys. Live radio. No, I have and an we'll operative go- waiting for you with, with the red button. Okay. In. All right, whatever. We're really dr- dr- driving this gag into the ground. And welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max back at the studio who may have detonated something. He may not have. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we were talking about Madam Web, with, which is really just, I mean, universally being bombed. Dakota Johnson said she's not even watching it because for her own 
her oh, own, her own self-care. <laughs> self-care. Well, she doesn't watch any of her movies because of self-care. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a good thing I or mean, not. I don't. I don't want to rip on anybody, but I mean, would she even be in the business if her dad wasn't famous? I, I mean, you know, I don't know. No, I, I'm not going to dig on her. I don't know enough about I mean, her work, so whatever. Well, here's the thing: when she's in, when she's actually, you know, in a movie that she gives a damn about, she, she she's okay. a good actress. So maybe that's what it is. I mean, so but what we're hoping is maybe sometimes failure can spark something better. We're hoping that Uh-oh. whatever's coming next is gonna. Be this, learn lessons from this. But. This movie is going to become one of those movies that everybody watches at home with their friends just so they can bag on it. So you can pick it apart. Right. Yeah. But, uh, Brandon, it, what's what's telling about this is the day of this movie, literally, they weren't, uh, to, to sort of mitigate the disaster, they, uh, Marvel made an announcement that... Um, there's a new cast for the uh, upcoming yeah, Fantastic Four movie. They released the cast for the new Fantastic Four movie. So there's an X-Men project. Right. On, well, so. they, uh, you know, of course, uh, they, they're working on a new Fantastic Four movie, and it takes place in the 60s. Okay. It's going to be very contemporary on that. Uh, Herbie the Robot from the old cartoon is going to be in it. We don't know who's going to voice oh. Herbie yet. But the main cast, uh, we got Vanessa <coughs> Kirby as Sue Storm. Right. Uh, she, played, she played Deckard Shaw's sister Hattie in... Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. She was in Napoleon. Um, that's uh, that's the most recent one she was in. Uh, she's a really good actress. I'm hoping that this means that you know we're going to see a little bit of some acting. We're going to see some acting. <laughs> uh, on top of that, we also got Pedro Pascal, everyone's favorite, you know, sci-fi dad. Yeah. Taking I don't role. see him as Reed Richards, man. I'm. I don't know. Oh, he's well, got I the dad. Thing. Oh, oh, he's got the dad. Well, thing. here's the thing about. Uh, Reed Richards. All right, we've seen him as the as the Mandalorian, taking care of his little uh, you know his little youngling uh, with Grogu. We saw him in The Last of Us, taking care of his uh, you know surrogate daughter. Really good dad. How's he going to be as Reed Richards? We already know Reed Richards is a horrible father. Mm, yes. I mean, frankly, he's not a great husband either. No, right? no, I mean, he's he really sort not. Of like he's, le- abandons. He's that he's that guy who puts himself into his work and ends up getting everybody you know kind of screwed over in the beginning. Yeah. Yep. But he is Mr. Fantastic. Um, we've got Evan Moss Backrack, who is playing Ben Grimm, uh, the thing, which means, of course, we're only going to see him for a little bit before the he's most interesting Rock. character of the Fantastic Four. Probably one of the most interesting characters in Marvel in general. If you do it right, right, yeah. And uh, you know, he was Arvel Skeen in Andor. Yeah. Um, he's he's Richie in the Bear. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, a lot of big actors. He's got a he's got a good thing, and then we've got Joseph Quinn who played, you know, he's playing Johnny Storm. He played uh, Eddie Munson in the latest season of Stranger Things, the the D and D you know that degenerate that everybody right. fell in love with, but Joe. Well, everybody I don't like that, that show anymore, so I'm not a fair, I'm not a target <laughs> audience. But I did like that. What I liked about that guy is I heard he's very nice with the fans. Oh, he's, they say yeah, he was, he's really cool, and he always he's goes just, out of his way. So. Yeah, he's, he just seems like a genuinely good dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we, you know, he got his, his star went way up before I could get him into MCFC. The trick with <laughs> the trick with the Fantastic Four, it seems to me. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. If you don't, if you, if we know the law. If you don't do something once every ten years, you sort of get into trouble with your copyright. So, well, I mean, true, we we get almost like an obligatory Fantastic well, Four movie, which doesn't mean it's going to be any I was, good. I was going to say, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that this movie is being produced by the people who own Marvel Comics, right. this is this is coming from Marvel Studios. 
It's a Disney uh, project. They they don't have to worry about losing the licensing. See, I think doing it in the yeah. 60s may be the recipe for finally making a good one because right. we haven't had that, and that's what this, they were all about. Yeah, the, they were the, they were the first family the space of comics. Age. Right. You know, the comics debuted, what, 1960? It was 61. 61. So, I mean, that set off the whole Marvel revolution, and, I mean, that right yeah, there. Stan was trying to get fired. That's um, <laughs> true. Although you find out Jack Kirby basically did everything. Well, yeah, but Stan was trying to get fired. Yeah. Anyway, so, that's why he went out on the limb of, for a storyline. Yeah. For those of us who, um, who, who were in our uh, our teen years and our and younger in the nineties, uh, you know, changing years, we had the animated X Men series on Fox, which is still right. Everybody knows to this day is still one of the most popular animated superhero cartoons of all time, and we are picking up with X Men ninety seven Disney Plus ten episode cartoon. They dropped the trailer uh, on Madam Web Day, and it picks up directly where the final episode left off. I hope they don't do it because what the the trigger word for me was they said we're making an X Men movie for a modern audience. Usually, what that means is, well, I just I, it's not going to be. It's good. now terrible. Well, because <laughs> what, they're going to abandon what made it great. Just like we're going to make a He Man for a modern audience. Well, well. Except for the I, how fact about that, just classic storytelling? Except for devices, the fact that you know, you know, other than a few man children on the internet whining about the fact that we were hearing more about Tila than we were Adam, He Man's dead for the first five and a half episodes of of the uh, new series, and then he comes back. Spoiler: and just, If you haven't watched it yet, you're not watching. I don't really care about it. And then in the latest section, <laughs> it's a... all about He Man, you know, taking the mantle of king. Okay. Because his father passes away. All right. In the first episode, again, it's a spoiler, but if you hadn't watched it already, you wouldn't. Um, so I guess we'll just see. I, I kind of am intrigued the, by the Fantastic Based on Four, the trailer yeah. from the X-Men, yeah. it is very much still in the vein of the original. Okay. Well, yeah. and can you capture that same zeitgeist, though? Because at that point, you know, Saturday well, morning cartoons actually still exist. Well, here's the thing. That they've was, already released the toys, and they've sold out multiple times. Okay. Well, the so X-Men we know the was the... There bomb back in those days. That's what you grew up with, right? That was Well, I mean, I was That was a little after I was after graduating my... from high school, but I mean, my sisters watched it, so and I was an X-Men fan, so I watched it. I'll still watch it to this day. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that. And then when we come back here on Geek Tank Radio, we're going to pose a question. Can you go to be We're going to talk about music. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 981 The Max. Even a pair of vibranium diapers couldn't hold back the Produced on this show, the Geek you know, Patrol only, is back. Not only that, but uh, disposing of vibranium diapers has now been considered an ecological hazard. All so. you have to do is hit them with a tuning fork. It evaporates whatever's in them. <laughs> you people need to learn what vib- where vib- vibranium can do. Yep. <laughs> okay, Brandon, I don't know how you learn these things, but that's... Uh, hey, hey. It's way too much, way too much comic knowledge for way too many years. That's a pretty okay. Drop the mic on that, and welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth, and our buddy Max back at the studio. If you yeah. hear that little rumbling back there, it is not a vibranium diaper; it's the uh, ambiance, the crowd noise. It might be similar to a vibranium diaper <laughs> because uh, we're broadcasting today from the uh, home show of the Mid South, which you know, let's be honest, this is more of a tool talk venue. But we cross the streams; we're not afraid mm. to do hey, it. Hey, you know? there is a guy here selling freeze dried candy. 
Yep. Anytime you freeze dry anything, science is involved, and yep. we love science. Yes, exactly. So uh, it's a lot of fun. If you want to come by, come come say hello to us, and uh, you get to get a lot of uh, free swag. It's yep. pretty yep. great. Yep. Free stuff. I, uh, I know we're. I know we've got a question, and we need to get to it before the end of the show. Yeah. But I will say that there's actually a lot of science here. Oh, oh yeah, you know, technology, from the, man. Yeah. From from the freeze dried candy to the aromatherapy, uh, you know, stuffings for your mm. for your toddlers. Right. There is a lot of science here, no, both hard science and soft sciences. It's so, and it's I mean, affordable too. It's a good day to yeah, be here. Absolutely, so check it out. Well, uh, I would have I I would have told them that yesterday was probably the right day to be here. Cold. Yeah. Because it was cold outside, and, yeah. and you needed to be inside. Right. But, but but get over here and say hello and get your free stuff. Hey, you guys, uh, before the break, we posed a question, and really I, I was racking my brain trying to think if anybody has broken this rule. But as a rule, it seems to me that if you are a successful musician, we're, we're calling him successful, right. and you say, you know what, I want to I get into acting. You, if, you're, if you're talented, you can do it, and you'll probably – be even more successful. David Bowie comes to mind. People like that. Even Sting wasn't a great actor, but it doesn't work in the reverse. I don't know any actors that say, like, I want to become a serious musician and get taken seriously. Johnny Depp, you know, he's actually a pretty good guitar player. Uh, Uh, There's a lot of people, and why is that, I suppose, is the question for the panel. Well, I'm going to go back to the producer of 9 to 5. Why they booked Dolly Parton. They went to the concert, and he was like, she tells the same jokes every concert. That's acting. Yeah. She's got the same shtick. So when you're performing, when you're a performer up on stage, you get a routine. You get a how we do this. ACDC, the knee slide. You got David Lee Roth with the big jump. You got all, you know, these are all part of the acting shtick. Of being on stage. Right. And now when you take somebody, now you take some people that are truly exceptional. Uh, David Bowie, Lady Gaga, she is, she's delivered. Whether it was American Horror or big, big budget movie, she did not disappoint. But based on that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I mean, we could right. give many examples of that. But what the question is, why could somebody who's actually a performer in acting not, why does it not translate? Is it, it be- more just... It, All right, public relations right, or it, something, because you know when you when you've got somebody who's well known for their acting and they you know they they try to get into music, right? And uh, off air, Ditch said something about how it feels forced. It feels like a gimmick. It doesn't really feel like anything other than, hey, look, I can do this too. We're used to and them playing a role, and this right. is just another. Role. It's just another role. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, the other problem is a lot of times they have what I like to call chefitist. Because they're not, they're not a starving musician trying something new. They're doing their favorite type of music that they really want to play, and that is not necessarily mass appeal music. Max wants to chime in. I kind of want to interject here. I kind of want to throw a little bit of an example into the ring that's kind of odd. How about Weird Al Yankovic? Hmm. Now, what did he start as, though? Has he... He's always been an avant-garde musician, and so he's not necessarily mainstream, but at the same time, he's actually got really good acting chops. He's a performance artist. He started with making videos. Yeah, that's... He didn't start as an actor that moved into music. He was a musician who on the Dr. Demento show who got booked into Johnny Dangerously Mm -hmm. to begin with to create... 
the theme song for the movie, but then he ends up in the bar scene. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I can't think of anybody that's... I, uh, the closest thing I can think of is, uh, and I know that a lot of the listeners don't like him, but Jared Leto and 30 Seconds to Mars. Because he's... They, they, they pack they, the arenas. They pack right? the arenas. They, they platinum albums, you know, and it's multiple platinum albums, you know. That, and his, his music is taken seriously. But, again, at the same time, it wasn't marketed as Jared Leto and 30 Seconds to Mars. It was marketed as 30 Seconds to Mars. And you didn't even realize it was him unless you watched, read the liner notes yeah. until that first video came out. Go ahead, Max. Another thing I'm thinking of, too, that kind of blurs the lines is how about people who weren't necessarily musicians, but they starred in things that were, like, musical style? Like, for example, Zac Efron. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because he's in musicals and he's an actor. So Right. Yeah. But he again, might be a guy that could get away with it, actually. Well, I mean, he, yeah. right now he, he, would, he could also probably be one of those guys who crossed over, did the reverse crossover and went into actual wrestling. Yeah. Because of the training he did for the Iron Claw. I think Zac Efron could no. be an exception. If he was doing something where he was the front man of a band, he might get away with it. Gary well, Sinise kind of qualifies, but even still, he does that for charity, and yeah. so that's why he's selling out arenas. But, you know, yeah, I don't he's, know. he's doing all that for Wounded Warrior. Right. He's a great dude, you know. So. Well, I think a lot of it also has to do with how are you promoting the music. Right. Because, right. As, as Brandon said, you didn't know he was on stage until they walked out, and you right. went, "Oh wait, is that is that is that it's, it's, is that the Joker it, up there?" Well, you know, no, 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 it was, it was it was Jared it was, Leto. It but, was uh, Jordan Catalano from uh, My So Called Life. Wait, yeah. wait, we Jack Black. He's one of the few. They, you know, tenacious, is tenacious D successful enough? Tenacious, to tenacious D was a reputable band before he was a certified bona fide star. All right. Well, the question's he out there. He kind of did it all at once. It's out there to our listeners. So yeah, we'll, but Tenacious D is unto yeah. itself its own kind of spoofing act. Okay. We're out of time, you guys. We'll, we'll continue this discussion. Uh, so until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Alan Gilbreth. And I'm Brandon Olmstead, reminding you to check in next week when we have our guest from Mid-South Conference.